No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Really? Yeah, it's true. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers. Then it shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. You know what I love about it? There are in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section. You're gonna be able to scout out your Instagrams before you even get to the arena. You can maybe even pre-pick out a filter. I'm a Valencia guy, maybe you're a Mayfair fellow. I don't know, whatever it is, you're gonna know going in. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Seriously excited. I'm kind of shy, but mostly excited and courageous. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. I'm J.E. Skeets, up in the six, home of your defending NBA world champion Toronto Raptors, and alongside me making the magic happen, J.D. How's it going, eh? There he is, eh? Joining us down in our new Atlanta studio. Yes, they're out of the basement. We got the homie, Tass Mellis. Yeah! Yeah, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lily, guys, tell me about the new studio. What's it like? Is there windows? (laughs) Multiple. Wow, we got multiple windows? Wow, I guess it depends on how you count it. We have one wall that is all windows, but it is four different windows. It's like a number of weeks. This is a number of windows. Oh, man. Oh, that's looking good. It's a room. It's a room. It's a room. (laughs) You can't wait to see it. Everybody is going to see it. Thursday when we open a pack of cards as Lee does every single Thursday, a throwback Thursday, an old-ass pack of cards. Lee will pop it open. And we'll Social media, it. IGTV, Facebook Live, it'll be all over the place. Okay. You'll, you'll check it out. Skeet. Can't wait you'll see to, it. You're going to love it. Can't wait to see it. I can't wait to get back and get in that room with you guys. Get some farts flying. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. Uh, like Tass said, Thursday, Lee will be opening up that pack of basketball cards, and it will definitely be on IGTV. You can check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And you can email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. Our inaugural mailbag-only episode, Beach Steppin, drops later this afternoon, so keep an eye and ear for that. We got two podcasts coming on this Wednesday for you. But we start this one, we start the daily show, with an early season show staple. Completely overreacting after just one night of NBA basketball. That's right. The sky is falling, and we got to blow things totally out of proportion. So let's play. It's just one game, but, and who wants to get us started down there in ATL? I'll get us started. It's just one game, but LeBron James is nowhere near the best player in the game. Top 10? I don't think so. Not even close. 7 for 19. He missed 12 shots, 18 points, 5 turnovers. Yuck. Washed <laughs> he up. Was, he yeah. was near the best player last night. Why do you say that? On the court, as the as the best player in the league, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? Literally what? near. That's well, right. He was standing near him. He was mm. standing near Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I get it. Uh, uh, in all honesty, I think it just shows that the Lakers need desperately need another guy who can dribble, who can really put it on the floor and take it to the rack, because everybody's just loading up on LeBron and Anthony Davis, and just watching those two guys, and and the other three guys are literally guys. 
who can't dribble at the NBA level. They, they can't. Danny Green, even though he pots 28 points, he, you just can't count on him for that, and the list goes on and on. It'll help when Rajon Rondo comes back. I get that, but there's five turnovers for LeBron James in this game where you're just counting on him to do too much. You're counting on him to bring the ball up, be your point guard, be your scorer, be your assist man, defend at a high level. Somebody else has to be the de facto point guard. Again, Rondo will help, but you look historically at LeBron's teams. He's had even a guy like Mario Chalmers who can handle the ball and just let LeBron sort of sit on the you know, on the wing and just hang out and not have to bring up the ball every single possession because guys like Danny Green and Avery Bradley, I think Alex Caruso might be the answer. Now, they get spanked by the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are a championship team. Yeah. They, they're absolutely a championship team. This, is, this lineup that we're talking about here with the Lakers is probably good enough to beat a bunch of teams in the league and still, you know, get you to 50 wins. Uh, but it but it is a worry with LeBron having to do too much already for this team because they struck out in free agency, unlike the Clippers, who are stacked from their team last year. Yes, you're right. And I will just go uh, one step further than that with a bold prediction. The Clippers will have three All-Stars this season. Oh, come on. Three All-Stars. In the Western Conference? In the Western Conference. Excuse me, sir. Ka- Kawhi is an absolute lock. Yep. Lou Williams is going. That third one is open. <laughs> okay. That third one is the open. The third one is open yeah. and you're not including Paul George at all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's Paul George, there's Patrick Beverly, and there's Montrez. Yeah. One of those guys is going to get it out because they are very deep and very well balanced, this team. And they've got a lot of hard workers. Guys like Patrick Beverly doesn't shoot the ball and score the ball all that well. But defensively, he was just, I thought, fantastic. Uh, he's the night. tone setter for sure. Absolutely. And again, he, I picked him to win defensive player. He probably won't because he won't get the sort of high-ranking statistical numbers. But as far as a guy who sets the table for your defense and makes other guys bring it, I think he's going to be uh, superb on that team. So I like, I like uh, so many things about the Clippers. Even a guy like Landry Shamet last night. Again, they picked him up in the trade last season. He's been very good. All he has to do is shoot three-pointers for them, and he'll be a very, very good player, good defensive player. Patrick Patterson got the start last night, which yeah. was unusual. He was kind of out of the league. Well, it's unusual unless you remember that Doc Rivers is the coach for the Clippers. He loves random Eastern Conference veterans. So yeah. I wasn't surprised to see Pat Patterson out there running around, barely able to bend at the waist. But also, you know, the one question coming into the game, would, would, would they be able to defend Anthony Davis? And Davis had a good game, but I thought overall he didn't just bully them down low mm-hmm. you know they had uh, they had they those guys they posted him like, up a lot though yeah they, they did, yeah, they did but guys like Jermichael Green got to go at him yeah. uh, Zubats didn't really uh, get him a lot but Patterson played a, a few uh, few possessions as well so you know the Clippers probably wouldn't hurt to have a rim protector but what they have right now is just a lot of really tough gritty defenders who are very very hard to sort of push out the way and yeah. for a Lakers team that like Tass is saying is lacking Ball handlers in general, not to mention injuries are keeping a couple of guys who might even be a little bit of a solution. It's going to be really tough to go against the Clippers team who can keep throwing depth and engaged defenders. You know, it's kind of like when Lonzo Ball started his very first game in the NBA and it was against Patrick Beverly, maybe the worst possible matchup you could have against the Clippers. Again, if you have problems uh, initiating offense, they're going to obviously make it very tough for you. I did think it was pretty interesting to see all those post-ups, though. That seemed to be the Lakers way of saying, we're not going to be getting a lot of dribble penetration, but if we can clear off a side, maybe everybody else just mixes it up and cuts it. Somebody will get open. That's going to take a little bit of time to build that, uh, that chemistry to, to figure out where the shots are, but I don't know. Maybe post-ups are back. 
We were seeing a ton of post-ups from Kawhi Leonard as well. That's going to be a way teams attack. I, I love to see a mid-post game here. Yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm just worried for the Lakers that they're going to rely a lot on Rajon Rondo. I'm, uh, yeah, that's I, bad. A lot. And you're right, he can put the ball on the floor, but he doesn't help their spacing. No. No, so, no. you know, if, if he's penetrating, fine. If he's throwing lobs to – they've got three guys they can throw lobs to. But if Rondo isn't able to do that in the half court, then it's just going to clog the paint even more, I think, for that team. And just, again, not give guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis a space that they need to operate. But you well, said- they're also missing Kuzma, too. They need mm. Kuzma shooting. He's a guy who can attack a closeout and at least score the basketball. That being said, Andre Iguodala seems like the perfect fit. Who knows if there's going to be a way to get Andre Iguodala to the Lakers, but somebody who plays in big games – creates for others, passes the ball, and plays defense. That's perfect. Yeah. Do you think, though, you sort of slipped it in there, Tass? If the Lakers are playing, you know, 25 other teams last night, they probably come out with a win. It was just that they ran into this uh, obviously super, super deep and locked-in Clippers team. Is that is that fair to say? Like, you're not that worried about how they're going to, you know, look moving forward. Yeah, they got to get these guys back, but the Clippers, like you said, are, are title contenders and proved it on night one. I think they can still put up a 50 spot and wins Yeah, uh, because, because of the two guys we're talking about. Uh, in in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, yeah, and the Clippers were sh- was shocking to me, and we, we made our pick and payoff picks at the end of the game or at the end of uh, our show yesterday. Part of why myself and I'm sure Lee and Trey also picked the Lakers is because you know they've they've sort of looked better, you know, <laughs> like Kawhi Leonard hasn't looked himself, but for them to come out and look like a playoff team from night one, I think just in general the two games yesterday, I found it shocking that. The ball was so polished and sharp on night one. Usually, it gets uh, it's a little dumpy yeah. to start the season, <laughs> uh, but but this uh, no dumps, no no dumps, no dinks, no dumps, no dunks. Uh, to start the season like this, I, maybe it's guys just playing in September a lot. Maybe it's guys being ready all year long. I, I was shocked. The Clippers, man. One through, like Lee said, one through, I don't know, nine. Everyone. Who oh can yeah. Everyone yeah. Who when cried, they who get Paul George back, they have two, right. they have two teams. Like they have two rosters. I mean, five and five. Like they're, they, it's it's wild because all the guys, like Michael Green was great. Um, you know, Harold of course, Harkless I thought was solid in you know nearly thirty minutes at least defensively. Chipped in ten and four. Um, great four steals, two blocks too, and then and then Lou is Lou. So, I mean, that's yeah. There are four guys on the bench scored sixty one points. Uh, and and what the Lakers side do nothing like twenty something like that. Yeah, and they got killed. They just got killed all over the place. That, that second unit, I mean, Dudley hit a couple of threes, but there was no one out there who you could really move that team forward. If LeBron or Anthony Davis wasn't on the court, the Lakers looked awful. It was interesting, well, no, though. Well, they, the, the Lakers went on a massive run when LeBron was off. Well, okay, that is true. Yeah. That did happen in the third quarter. But, uh, well, they're they're, they're going to stagger them 100% of the time now. I mean, they really have no choice. There was a, a, a very short stint where they sat both of them in the first half, and they were minus five. Last than two minutes, and then it didn't happen in the in the second half. That's why I'm worried about LeBron. He literally has to be a lot for this team, and you know he wanted to, like you said, they're posting up Anthony Davis. Hey, Anthony Davis, you are the guy on this team, which is nice. It's nice for LeBron, you know, the best player in the world for a long period of time to be to giving it to Anthony Davis. Uh, but uh, LeBron's still asked to do a heck of a lot on this team, and. You know, I thought maybe those two months, I guess in April, May, and June, where he was kind of chilling out, uh, would help. But I mean, it's it is a lot on, on the basketball floor. I guess that doesn't really matter when it comes to October. And what do you think hmm. about uh, Kawhi Leonard's, you know, thirty point six and five and a little defense in there? His game overall, it looked like he hadn't missed a beat. I mean, that uh. was, that was just he would just get that, that stretch where he hit seven shots in a row. It's it was like 
it was flashbacks to the playoffs. It was like I'm gonna going to I'm going to go to my spot and I am going to rise up and shoot this jumper, and then we will do it again and again. Yeah. Thirty points in thirty one minutes, and like you're saying, Skeets, it was basically the same thing. The guy could have five players hanging on his shoulders and he's still going to find a way to get a little sliver of space or keep control of his body and the ball and find a guy in the corner for a three-pointer. Uh, Kawhi looked like the best player in the game. He, I think it's pretty clear that he is. And I thought it was pretty interesting to see that Joe Varden today on The Athletic said he is the biggest power broker in the game since LeBron. You don't think of Kawhi as a guy like that, but he did get out of San Antonio. He did get to Toronto, win a title, and then he did get to LA and entice Paul George to come with him. Kawhi Leonard, He's a power player. It's amazing. Yeah. And he did it all in only 32 minutes last night. Like, it's not like he was playing super heavy minutes because they have that balance and that depth on that team. And he started off a little bit rusty, a couple of turnovers, yeah. a couple of missed shots. But once he found that groove and once he had KCP on him as well, I think he was uh, licking his lips a lot of that because uh, he just got anything he wanted. I'm surprised. Mm. And now, look, he was hitting some tough shots, to be fair. But KCP was on him a lot of that stretch when he hit those seven in a row. I don't know why Frank Vogel kept him on there because he wasn't even really contesting no. those shots. Uh, but, but, but again, you know, we've seen Kawhi do this where he just gets hot and he gets to his spots and he gets those shots off. And, I mean, he doesn't have a pretty-looking shot, but it is effective. It is, and, uh, you know, defensively, again, he was great last night. So you can see uh, why the Clippers were pretty, pretty happy to get him. They put in eight years of work to try to get him, and... Lawrence Frank had to fly around watching the Raptors all last season. He doesn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Lee, what did you think of uh, Kawhi's um, and I guess Paul George's uh, Terminator um, sort of commercial there with the new Terminator coming out? Brilliant. I just thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I really did. because It was pretty good. The, well, Kawhi the, kills it. Kawhi is very funny. Yeah, Paul George he, is horrible. He's yeah, a bad well, actor. He was a bad actor. He plus was. one Paul, no charisma. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing for me is, though, that I would have thought that's the sort of thing Kawhi would have wanted to stay away from in his first season in LA, like, you know, getting involved with Hollywood and, and, and acting and all that. But uh, yeah, he killed it. And uh, I didn't even know there was a new Terminator. I thought it was just a sort of like, hey, Kawhi's in LA. And then I saw the, the, the bit at the end. So there's a new Terminator coming out. But uh, how many times? I mean, this Terminator, this one can't be beaten. I've got a feeling come the end of the movie, they're going to figure out a way to beat this one. <laughs> It is shocking to see in Arnold, you think he's like, in your head, he's like a 6'5", 6'6", giant, but then he's like, he's not at all. I mean, Kawhi is towering over him. He's like under six feet. It's very weird. Oh, he's old and wrinkly and everything. It's it's like this guy. Come on, man. Okay, well, who's uh, who's got another, uh, you know, overreaction here? It's just one game, but obviously we can talk about the Pelicans Raptors too, or you can stick with the Lakers Clippers. It's just one game, but the Clippers need their own building. That was an awesome night for the Clippers, and it looked like you were watching a Lakers home game. They were wearing gold on Staples Center's home court. I think that this is a long-term Nike play. They knew that there was going to be a season where Anthony Davis finally gets to L.A., so they're like, how are we actually going to be on the road to start a game but still get to wear our gold jerseys? (laughs) We'll talk the Clippers into it. Yeah, sure, they'll switch jerseys. They'll wear blue at home. The very first night, the biggest night in Clippers history— and it looks like the Lakers. It got loud for the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steve Ballmer was going crazy, and it definitely did get loud when they were going on their runs, when they really turned the defense up at the end of the first half. But it was still louder for the Lakers. It's 2024 before the Clippers are going to be able to move into uh, their new stadium, and it's too bad they can't uh, expedite that because who knows where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to be by 2024. I, I do. got there now. I, I think I heard Simmons talk about this. I do love the atmosphere, though. Like of a game like that where it does feel like there's like sort of equal numbers of Lakers fans and then Clippers fans. It like didn't going feel like back. equal numbers. No way. Uh, it was way louder for the Lakers. Okay. Yes, it was tilted towards Lakers fans. I, I agree with that. But there was cheering 
for both teams within the game, and I think it makes for a cool, a cool viewing experience. That's like when the Lakers come to Atlanta. Well, t- I mean, like, there's no. Pe- what are you teams. talking about? There's no Pelicans fans in Toronto last night. Is my point. Like, there's something yeah. you know, JJ Reddick hits a shot. There's not people clapping. There's not people cheering. But, but there, there is pe- in this game, Lakers. Clippers. Yeah, yeah. There was people jeering Kawhi Leonard though when he tried to address the crowd at the start. Well, yeah, I mean, Lakers fans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. you want skates. What you're looking for is a little bit of a, a soccer atmosphere. You uh, want? Uh, well, yeah, it, that, sort of. You're right. That's exactly well, right. Fans, you got like the supporter section. Sides. Yeah, I love it. I just love it. I think it makes for a cool viewing experience when there's like the cheering on both sides. It was strange. Uh, it, it shouldn't be strange because the Clippers' home court is not a home court at all. It really is. A, it is a Lakers' home court. Uh, that was strange. But at the same time, I like all the Clippers branding and the floor experience. The floor, I think, looks yeah. very cool. I was a fan uh, of the, the black paint. I think it looks cool. Yeah. I, I think it looks like the Nets. I think it looks yeah. like the Clippers are now the Nets, who are the second team in their city. Listen, man, you got to go black. Did you see the first nah, game? No, you don't got to go did, black. Did you, you see the first game where they wear it? black sake, it's not good. Get They should honestly buy in more to the Buffalo Braves and wear orange. They could be the team that makes orange cool and looks cool. They have history with it. That could be a color that they own rather than wearing blue and white and red, which is any team. It nobody's, sounds like we may not even have the Clippers that long because there's talks of like Steve Ballmer just completely getting like changing the name when they do Smart. go to, when they Smart. do make the move to the. They need camp. a complete, total rebrand. Not even be affiliated in any way with the Lakers. They mm. can be their own thing. They're big enough now. You can't go back to the Braves. There's no no Native American work here. Okay, you yeah, fair, that that part I 100% agree with. I do like the with, orange. But, but the, the color, The yeah. history of yeah. it, yeah, for the, sure. The orange looks good, but I, I will say, like, up in the rafters where all the Lakers banners are hanging... And the uh, the Clippers used to hang selfies of themselves over top of them. It was a you know a Blake Griffin or a Chris Paul, and and it's evolved over the. But but it was selfies. Now up there is the backs of all their players in a huddle. Mm. It's it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Patrick Beverly, and it says L A. Our way because they're going at the Lakers. You want to be your individual stars? We're a team. Mm. We're a team. And mm. in, in their intro video, a lot of marketing catchphrases: grit over glam. Going right at the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Lee Jenkins coming through. Exactly. <laughs> Streetlights over spotlights, squad over self. Yeah. Team versus individuals. Squat <laughs> over self? Squad. Uh, <laughs> that makes better. I wouldn't. I wouldn't squat that's over a, that's one, though. That's taking, out there. Yeah. People could take uh, squatties, you know, <laughs> picture themselves throwing down a sick rap squad. I don't know. It's an idea. Uh, but I, uh, you, did you see them hang the, the banner in Toronto yesterday? Black is the key, man. You, you, go, you go black, it's cool. The black, the black colors everywhere. It's happening. It's happening everywhere. <laughs> I don't. I black is cool. I don't. Cool. I am not a fan of the subway tile on the baseline. It looks like subway tile. It shouldn't happen. There's no, there's no subway. It's not happening. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> a straight point. steal. Well, let's um, well let's move anyway. to let's move to the you know that banner talk. I'm gonna go. It's just one game, but Pascal Siakam is an All NBA lock. <laughs> you fools! <laughs> on Monday's show, I said because by way of Grange with that contract incentive, that if he makes the first or second team All NBA or wins the MVP award this season, you know he gets more money. His deal could go up to like 156 million in that four year deal. And you guys laughed at me. Pascal Siakam he ain't making All NBA. He's a lock, boys. You see that? That's a max player right there last night. 34 uh, points, 18 boards, 5 assists. He didn't even have a good game when he put up 34 and 18. He could have had 40 easily. Yep. I was That was my early overreaction. Pascal Siakam is a bust because he kept getting these incredible spin moves. He was right at the rim and would just miss the bunny because he, you know, it's the very first game of the NBA season. Still ended up with 34 fouled out in regulation. Yeah. Could have easily had 40. Siakam looked incredible. He could have finished 40 and 20 too if mm-hmm. he had played in overtime. He he was incredible. And, and again, you guys have sort of mentioned it there. 
when I looked at the box score and he had like 26, I'm like, when, when did that happen? He seemed to be kind of clunking his shots early. He didn't quite have that polish. But then, like a true franchise player should do, he stepped up and, and carried his team because the Pelicans were in that game uh, for a lot of it. Yeah. And then Pascal was the one, you know, was the big di- – well, not the only big difference, but certainly a key uh, for the Raptors there coming down the stretch until he fouled out. Yeah, it was, uh, I, was, I looked at the box score as well, and it was just the free throws. He was getting to the room. He was getting some calls. I think the Raptors were getting a bit of a championship whistle at times in that game. Uh, and I think they, they, they won it over this team uh, in New Orleans, who I think is a huge moral victory the way they played. They, they played so well. They played well enough to win. And I think a couple of calls that went Kyle Lowry's way at the end where I think he – he bit it when Jaleel Okafor was sort of close to him yeah. when he took a three-point oh, yeah. shot, sold that really nicely. I think that's going to be a point of education next year. Watch for guys foul, or falling when they shoot. They're falling. Hmm. You're, you can't just blow the whistle because a guy falls. And then he, uh, Kyle Lowry sort of emphasized when he was out of control on a drive and, and got to the free-throw line under a minute left when Josh Hart was sort of around him, got another whistle. I think that basically changed it. Championship whistle. It happened. <laughs> but that was a championship win. It, it really felt like... The guys just uh, the Raptors did enough to get to the end, and then yeah, they uh, they just they won it. Uh, but they got some incredible performances from Pascal and Fred VanVleet, who's now a starter and looks like he's totally totally cool being a starter. Obviously, well that's true. He looks good as a starter, but the problem for the Raptors that bench is very very thin. I think you got Serge coming off. He was good. Norm Powell. I don't know what the hell that shot was at the end of regulation. Oh, that there. was yeah. That was, I mean, good luck. That, that was a head scratcher. I, I I I always think about that. He had so much time there. Is that what Nick Nurse said, or did he just say he just said no? The, whatever the plan was, we couldn't. I couldn't see it, so I just decided to fire away because it just didn't make any sense at all that he that was the best look that he could get. He was get. supposed to get a heck of a lot closer to the rim, I think, was well, the plan. He, but I mean, anything would have been better than That three than almost dropped, though. In all honesty, yeah. he barely missed it, but you're right. Well, I mean, he's yeah. it's, a bad, it's a bad shot. But it's a bad shot. I think they wanted Drew Holiday off the ball completely, so they had Fred Van Vliet yeah. in the corner, and Drew, who was just shutting guys down because he's a Drew's monster. incredible yeah. defender. Yeah, he had that one block. I think it was on Siakam, sort of kind of swatted out of his hand with left hand. But anyway, th- that's the thing. That's the big question, though, for the Raptors. Lowry played 45 minutes last night, Van Vliet 44, yeah. Siakam only 38, but he would have played in the 40s if he didn't foul out. Yeah. Um, either Nick Nurse doesn't trust too many people on that bench or uh, Masai Ujiri is just going to have to go out there and figure out a way to get a little bit of help there because uh, Lowry at his age and Marcus Hall as well, those guys just can't play heavy, heavy minutes in the regular season. I think Hollis if- Jefferson will be getting minutes, but obviously wasn't playing last night. I mm. think he'll be a part of that bench rotation. Well, he's going to have to be. Yeah. He's going to have to be because uh, the thing with Norm Powell, he has his moments where you think this guy is a good player and he can play a role, but he has far too many moments where he just like, he's just out of his depth and, and you can only trust him for a handful of minutes. Yeah, what did I you wouldn't think? be too worried about it. It was ring night. I, I feel like Nick Nurse was playing the hits, playing the championship <laughs> cover band. That The team that won the championship was the team that played on the floor last night. You throw in Terrence Davis looking like a football player, just throwing his body all around. I thought that guy was fun to watch. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's night one. It's okay to play 45 minutes and try and win as they're hanging your first championship banner. I'm not too upset about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Siakam and his spins is, is just something else. He might, he was, it's just nonstop spinning. It's all he does. Um, but And Van Vliet, he did an incredible job, obviously, knocking down five threes. But there was that stretch where he was like, he was just getting into the, into the paint and layups, like three in a row, where he was just cooking guys. His dribble's looking tight. Um, and so that was that was a great game, obviously for him. I'm worried that 
Van Vliet and Siakam, they're going to take away um, most improved votes from each other. Because, you know, I got Siakam going back to back, and now Van Vliet's coming on. Maybe MVP votes. Yeah, yeah, maybe that as well. What did you think um, about the Pelicans, especially, you know, some of those young Lakers guys coming over, Lonzo Ball? Uh, I thought Ingram had a great game. What did you think about the Pelicans overall? I mean, forcing overtime, uh, they played a pretty good game, like you were saying, Tass. It was entertaining. Uh, good start for them. Brandon Ingram seems to be the guy who's going to be the focus on offense for them. He uh, took plenty of shots, took a lot of threes. Shot okay in the end, 8 for 19. Seemed to sort of start off a little bit slowly. But, uh, yeah, I think he, he's out there trying to sort of show that it's time for him to take on the role of the leading scorer on this team. Um, whether or not he can shoulder that responsibility all season is going to be tough because he's got a nice jump shot. But whenever he goes inside, I just worry he's just not big enough to be able to sort of push guys around. So if that jump shot's not falling... I don't think he has a whole lot of uh, in the repertoire to sort of go inside and get some easy baskets. That's a, a bit of a concern for me. But, um, you know, Lonzo started off all right, hit a couple of threes, uh, but a bit of a concern with him. He wasn't on the court sort of late in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which is, again, I'm not sure if Alvin Gentry was just going with other guys or he just didn't sort of feel uh, to have a lot of faith in Lonzo. Because I thought Lonzo's ball control early on was fine. It's just that shot. He hit a couple of threes, as I said, but uh, that shot, I'm not sure if Alvin trusts it late in games yet. Well, it's hard to keep uh, Josh Hart on the floor. I know he's the smallest of the – or off the floor, I should say. He is the smallest of those three names that came over from Los Angeles, but that guy is just grit. Yeah. You know, every guy, every team and every coach would want to have him on the floor. So he was scrapping and uh, doing a lot. So – they would be tiny, you know, if you have Lonzo and Drew and Josh Hart on the floor at the same time. And I guess that's what happened. But, yeah, they've, they've got – they're so deep. And that's uh, that's sort of an issue with them who's playing at the end of games. But to, to see them come out like that and to see Lonzo Ball really comfortable shooting the ball like that, like where did that come from? I mean, he didn't even think twice when he when he chucked it up, even though his line is not great in the end. I, I, I think they should just – they should be so, so happy. It really stinks for them that they didn't win. Um with how well they played, but I think it's a huge moral victory coming off the Zion Williamson scenario and the way they played in the champ's house. Yeah, it was encouraging, and considering the news earlier this week for the Pelicans, uh, that's about as good of a start as you could have if you're going to take the L. Um, I will say I did like Lonzo's three-pointer where he pump-faked and then shot a one-footed runner from three. (laughs) Uh, We know James Harden has been working on this move during the offseason. Doesn't look like Lonzo... (laughs) was putting in the hours quite as much. Uh, but it's good to see other guys are trying to innovate as well. But he, he got caught in that, didn't he? I think yeah, he, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. was not an intentional no. one-footed running no. three, but no. uh, I think we should stick with not shooting him. Well, speaking of shooting threes, though, uh, the Italian Melly. Melly. Could, could, yeah. Melly, Melly. And then what about uh, the Canadian odd long name? Yeah. He was not afraid to let it oh, yeah, He's chucking it up. Weber yeah. was loving it. Alexander Walker, one, yeah, one for ten. One, and one for seven from yeah. downtown. And at one point, I think after eight minutes, he had eight shots, the second most on the team yeah. for the Pelicans coming off the bench. So oh, he's in I Canada, guess, man. Yeah. He was feeling it. Yeah. And he's from Toronto, I think, too. So That's maybe right. he had some family there and uh, he was just a little, a little trying to sort of show off in front of the fam. Uh, and that's possible. why oh, you, you mentioned their shots. They get up so quickly into the front court in game one. And so that's why they're a league pass team, even without Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. They, they're they literally, I, I couldn't believe how fast they were getting up and getting into their shots. 20 seconds on the shot clock still, and they're, you know, making their second pass, uh, you know, within their offense. I, that's why they're, they're really, really fun, but uh, the champs are too much. And what did you think about the... Um 
the banner ceremony, the ring ceremony. Um, did you guys I assume uh, TNT was showing it down in the States? I mean, I was obviously watching it on a Canadian channel up here where they showed the whole thing. Um, what did you think of that? We were getting clips on TNT. Right? Oh. It, wasn't, it wasn't entirely live. Oh, we got the I whole thing. I thought they thing. did the whole thing yeah. with the intros and bringing all the, you know, the owners, then the players, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Big uh, pop for Alex McKechnie. And uh, Jamal McGlure was really raising the roof when he came oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big roar for Jamal McGlure <laughs> as well. And uh, and Nick Nick Nurse, when he got his, he did a little shimmy afterwards after he got the handshake. <laughs> that was just, he, he's such a cool coach because he's kind of a dork, but he's an awesome coach, you know? <laughs> It That's was exactly like, right. Yeah, yeah, it was like pretty, pretty by the book, and in, 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 you know, as far as um, ceremonies go or championship ceremonies and showing the banner. I thought the banner looks like you were saying there. It looks uh, a little unique, a little cool. I like that the uh, division banners have, are just now; they're just all on one banner. Did you see that, Tass? Uh, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, it yeah. just lists them all now, and then there's the Eastern Conference champion banner, and then of course there's the the, wow. the World Champion banner. Yeah. What about the Tim Hortons one? Is that still up there? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I wasn't at the game. I was watching the <laughs> oh, okay. friend. I was okay. watching the friends. Of course it's still there. <laughs> yeah, you, it's got to be still there. But um, yeah, and, and the rings, the rings are insane. They, they're in, they are gigantic like how far they come off and Serge Ibaka was killing me just doing the posing keep Uh putting his hand on his face so you can see the ring Um, the biggest single diamond in sports ring history 1.25 carats my goodness apparently Mm. Uh, but nice yeah, no, they, I mean, I guess Kyle Lowry yeah, had nice. some input in them. I know Eric Green uh, with The Athletic has an article on. He, he had a, no, I thought oh, Eric Green had some input in them. Yeah, I thought Eric Green had some input. <laughs> <laughs> where, do, where do you think they go then? Like, you know, they have the ceremony. They're all wearing their rings. Then where do they put them? Like, do they just put them in their um, pants pocket before while the game's on? <laughs> Probably yeah, not. Yeah, NBA shorts have pockets now. <laughs> Very comfortable. But it's always Probably funny how, like, like, they've all got the same ring, but they all look at each other's ring. Have you noticed that? Like, they're all looking at the other guys' yeah, hands. Yeah, how's it look on well, you? Well, Ooh, but they, they, they are personalized. There's actually, oh, okay, like, right. something within each ring that is, uh, yeah, it's, like, either their own signature or something. They could probably put whatever they wanted. Mm. Um, but So maybe they're checking that out. I don't know. But you are right. It was very cool. I thought that superfan Navbaccia got one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Much deserved. He's not, he's not just a, a showpiece on the side of the court. He's been uh-uh. there every single game. Every single game. I, I have to a, repeat myself for you know mm. coming into year twenty five, and he's obviously been at a lot of road games as well. Uh, he's he's just a real fan, so that was pretty cool. Well, and last year at the finals, he told me that he did not want to talk about getting Skeets a car until the Raptors had won the championship. Yeah, uh, the Raptors have now won the championship. Skeets needs a car and is in Toronto. You yeah. gotta hit up Nav immediately. Yeah, you're right. I gotta hit up Nav. I gotta get some wheels. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> though. Because of my visa issue, my uh, driver's license yeah. has expired, so it's a real mess. I mean, I technically can't even be driving. And you just watch. I'm going to come back to Atlanta. I'm going to have my work visa, and I'm going to have to take that damn driver's license oh, test again. If they make me do that again, we're filming. I'm just it. coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be the pick and pay off. Go to the DMV. Um, any other notes or you know any observations from either of those two games last night? Uh, I mean, I, I just want to say this before it's uh, before it's gone. Pascal Siakam is is the Giannis Antetokounmpo of this year. He just reminds me so much of of Giannis, the way he, those spins mm-hmm. and the fact that he's getting fouled. If he continues to, the reason why the numbers are so inflated is a, a little bit because of the the fouls uh, and how he's getting calls, and that's how Giannis gets to the the line. Uh, is he's just longer than everybody else? And yep. Pascal is. Just a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker to the rim at times, and that's all I could see. And so that's he must be emulating Giannis's game, 
Uh, and uh, and hopefully OG Ananobi does the same because oh, that's the guy that the Raptors are ho- hoping takes the role of last year's Pascal Siakam. Mm. Yeah, Spicy Max. Ken was calling him last night, <laughs> but <laughs> that, was, that was obviously a great sign for Raptors fans. You know, you give a guy like that the, the huge contract extension, the max deal, the four-year deal, and for him to have that type of game, that type of impact in, in night one, it's only one game, that's the whole point of this, but that's, Raptors fans got to be pretty, pretty happy with that, and then, you know, Van Vliet was crazy, and Lowry did his thing. It was, it was, a, it was an entertaining game. I thought both games were, for, for opening night, like you said, Tass, it can be, um, we've had a lot of blowouts, I remember, on opening nights, um, but... They're both pretty close games. Uh, one going to overtime, and then I thought even the Lakers Clippers uh, was was pretty close for a good chunk of the game as well. Until the Lakers offense st- 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 stuttered in that fourth <laughs> quarter, seventeen <laughs> points. Yuck. Uh, Lee, you'll like this at the bar last night. I couldn't believe it. I I, I did a double take when she <laughs> said it. I asked for the Wi-Fi password. Mm-hmm. It was the Wi-Fi password. I'm not kidding you. Was no bud sold here. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And, it, and the actual, like, the, it was like a craft. I think the place was called craft, actually. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, a million craft beers you could pick from. Um, so the actual Wi-Fi network was We Love Beer. Mm. And then it was no bud sold here. I thought you That's perfect. I, I, I want to go there and have a few drinks there now to support them. <laughs> And okay. We yeah. had a craft brew Fly that tasted up. exactly like Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, but as long as it's, it's not Budweiser. That's the key. That's, that's what's important here, JD. Okay. okay. Hey, uh, what? You weren't drinking wine, JD? You were on the hard uh, beer? I was drinking the hard. beer. The hard yeah. beer. The hard beer, yeah. It went hard last night. <laughs> I guess I guess you're more just a wine when it's over a meal then. Mm. Is that right? I like wine with food, yeah. Mm. You know. Well, I'm looking I like forward it. to it when I you like get back here. One, like one more thing from last night. Um, how was Dwayne Wade on, on the TNT with the TNT crew? I didn't see any of it. He's good. He's comfortable in front of the camera. It seems uh, to me like he has been on TV before. I seem to remember him appearing on some shows at least. Uh, but <laughs> seems like he's going to be doing a lot. Uh, congratulations to D-Wade. Mm. Good to see something turn out nice for him. Congratulations to D-Wade. He took our job, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got That's canceled saying, so he could get paid. Yeah. He doesn't even start until January either. He's got a few months oh, off. So goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, it's a multi-layered production deal. Oh, all right. Yeah. Good, good for him. Shout something else you'll like, uh, Skeets, when you get uh, back down here to the States. All Elite Wrestling is now on TNT, so Kevin Harlan is doing a lot of wrestling oh, promos. Last nice. night was Pac seeks his revenge on the maniac John Moxley. I was wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> He's going to kill it all season long. Oh, man, get him in a blowout talking about wrestling. Yeah. going to be very funny. We've got to get him read one of our ads. He'd be awesome at it. Well, mm. funny you yeah. say, speaking of ads. As you guys know, I've been living up here in Toronto for the last 10 days or so, waiting on my U.S. work visa to clear. And let me tell you guys, I'm missing my wife. I'm missing my baby Nora. Starting to go crazy without her. I miss her laugh, I miss her touch, and I ain't gonna front here. I miss her cooking. Nora is a great chef. And I don't know how I don't know how to do anything in the kitchen. I have no clue. I can make a grilled cheese sandwich and maybe some soup on a good day. That's it. Which is why I'm thankful for DoorDash. DoorDash connects me to my favorite restaurants in the city, and that's why I'm eating so much Thai. Got the crispy spring rolls, the chicken pad thai, those crazy good squash fritters. I don't even know what they're called. They're delicious, though. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NODUNKS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code NODUNKS. Don't forget, that's the promo code NODUNKS for $5 off 
your first order from DoorDash. The Detroit Pistons, guys, got some news here for you. They're going to be without Blake Griffin until at least November due to continued soreness in his knee and his hamstring. So he didn't travel to Indiana for tonight's season opener for that squad. Uh, <laughs> Pistons are off to a rough start already if he's not going to be you know, back until you know, maybe at the earliest, early November, mid-November. He's pretty important to that team. He is that team. Uh, yeah. That is how important sure. he is. Yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, the Pistons are going to be on a razor's edge if they're going to actually make the playoffs, if they're going to contend for it. Every win is going to matter for them. Luckily, with the Eastern Conference, you're not necessarily going to get super far behind the eight ball, even if you miss a couple of weeks. Hopefully, uh, for the Pistons, Blake heals fast and they're able to stay competitive, but hopefully for all of us that are picking the Bulls to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Or the Hawks. He stays yeah. out because that's good news for that Jim Boylan Coach of the Year pick too, Skeetsy. <laughs> mm. Dumbo, for the Bulls. Dumbo pick. It's tough for Blake though because he ended the season and he, and he wasn't healthy and he's had all summer to get right and he's not healthy as, again now. And, and he had such an incredible season, all-star, all-NBA last season. But, mm-hmm. you know, he has had injuries and knee injuries throughout his career so uh hopefully he can come back and 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 still play to that level that he played at last season because uh, as you guys are saying there there's no blake then the pistons have got no chance whatsoever last year was a near perfect season for blake griffin and detroit pistons he played 75 games had incredible numbers uh, and 75 games was was his highest total in five seasons and so you'd expect him to come a little bit back to earth but you know he was uh he was great in his minutes out there and uh, you know this is this is terrible for the pistons because as we saw at the end of the year when he's not on the floor um they're not a playoff team and this could literally cost them their playoff spot if he's out a month i I legitimately think that and yes it opens the door at the bottom of the playoff picture for the bulls or the hawks uh to to jump in there but uh, i think uh I literally think that this this could cost them their yeah, it's their it's, playoffs. It's, it's in play. I, it's, I this personally sucks for me too. I'm going to see the Raptors Pistons while I'm up here, and now no Blake Griffin. It's like God, and I'm going Oof. with my buddy Grish too, who's a Pistons fan. Well, at least you'll get to rub it in his face after the Raptors take the win. Well, that's true. Oh, I don't know. The Pistons always beat the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah unbeaten under with, the uh, with Casey. Dwayne Casey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a little worried about that as well. But yeah, and I think uh, I think actually Reggie Jackson's a little banged up right now, and Morris, and so they're not off to a great start there in Detroit. But they do get underway tonight when they play the Pacers. As I said, there's 11 games on tonight, guys. This is really when the NBA starts. Let's be honest. This is you know you're bouncing around league pass, some key games on ESPN. Um, of these 11 games, is there one you're most excited for that you'll be really zeroing in on? Well, you know who I'm looking forward to oh, watching tonight. Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got the Wizards. Uh, they're at home against the Wizards, so I I don't really think the Mavericks are going to have too much trouble. It'd be good actually to see Porzingis too. See him out playing again, to, just to see how good he is. He looked okay in a couple of the uh, preseason games. Yeah. Now the big stuff starts tonight, and he uh, he gets an opportunity against a team that. You know, you should be able to feast okay. You I got two tonight. of your favorite players in Beal and Doc. Exactly, yeah. It's Washington, yeah. Dallas. Thing. All right, that one yeah. gets underway at 8.30 p.m. Um, Eastern time. What about you guys? Well, I'm wearing bulls from head to toe. I got a bulls sweatshirt on, a bulls t-shirt, bulls socks, bulls shoes. Haven't been able to find a bull, pair of bulls pants yet. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe I will. Bulls take on the Hornets today in Charlotte. I don't know if anybody's dying to see <laughs> I a team that is screaming to get into the playoffs at the eighth seed versus the Hornets, who are just like a collection of zellers and a guy named Bacon. 
<laughs> but I'll be happy to see the Bulls. There's optimism around the Bulls, and I'm just trying to drink it in right now because they could lose to the Hornets oh, tonight, easily. and instantly everybody's back to, well, the Bulls suck. Yeah. So at least for right now, I'm excited. Test? I'm going to stick with a classic Eastern Conference rivalry, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Last few years, those two teams have really been going at it. Uh, meeting in the postseason, but uh, you know it's a very different iteration of the Celtics this year against a very different iteration of the the Sixers this year. I want to see those big boys on the uh, the Sixers and how they uh, they should take advantage of a Celtics team that's pretty thin up front now with just Ennis Cantor as their starting center, uh, no Al Horford because he swaps sides. Crazy, it's wild. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing those giant Sixers. I think the two national. TV games are the the sexiest Celtics Sixers and then and then Nuggets Blazers that makes sense uh, those should, both should be great um, don't 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 overlook the uh, the the Knicks Spurs uh, Morris Bowl here though with what <laughs> happened with him in the off season obviously uh, screwing the Spurs ultimately uh, looked like he was going to sign then they had to make some moves with Bertans going out and then uh, Morris like no I'm going to the Knicks for uh, 15 million a year. Um, so yeah, that will be that will be unbelievable. Must watch television, uh, Knicks and Spurs. But yeah, this is fun with eleven <laughs> games on here, and you'll be bouncing around on League Pass. I'm sure. Can't wait for that. Um, oh, let's uh, yeah. let's start wrapping this bad boy up. Uh, last night's pick'em results. I was the only one that took the Clippers because you guys all took the Lakers. I was going to take the Lakers, so I have to thank you guys for all backing the Lakers minus two and a half and then the Clippers pulled through and got the win so that's I'm up 1-0 early and why are we doing this well every show the four of us bet on one specific NBA game we're using that Vegas line now um, we're going to keep track of everyone's win-loss record and at the end of the month the person in last place has to pay it off and we'll do that I saw a lot of people tweeting at us we'll probably pay that off on likely social media but maybe at times it'll work in the audio format that that's tbd we'll figure it out though uh, yeah, we, we bought the hype skis we bought the lakers hype yeah we, no, i was you know, going to like i said i honestly was going to take them in the win we're, we're supposed to be these level-headed type analyzers here it doesn't happen we're humans too well we heard the Laker, lakers got shoved down our throat all preseason even her even like Dwayne wade and everybody on the panel there are so many people picking the lakers over the clippers over the clippers What's yeah, tonight's game? What do we got? Which game are we going with? Well, you mentioned uh, the second game of the uh, the national doubleheader. It's Nuggets Blazers. It's a coin flip. Who, who are you taking in, in that game? The line has moved a little bit, but the line doesn't matter. You're basically picking the winner. The Blazers, get this stat, have won their home opener for 18 straight Holy years. Holy moly. So <laughs> what, what is the line right now, wow, out of curiosity? Okay, okay. What is it? What's it it's, set at? It's the... Uh, Blazers are favored by 1.5 points. Okay, Blazers by 1.5. Okay, so if the Blazers win by one and you took them, they don't win. Yeah, that's why. Mm. I'm, exactly. That's why. I'm yeah. at. we got to clarify but, that, man. That, but that, but, but yeah, we do have to clarify that. But is that going to sway your opinion? Are you taking the Nuggets because they can lose by one? <laughs> no, I'm taking the Blazers. Street Good continues. Day. I'm going Nuggets. Okay. I believe in Denver this season. I have to pick them in the first game of this season. <laughs> It's the rules. I'm, rolling, <laughs> I'm going with the Blazers as well. The streak continues. I don't want to get burned picking another road team like last night. The Lakers going into Staples Center, <laughs> taking an L. Yeah, I will go with the Blazers as well. History, 18th straight. All right, so there's tonight's pick em plays. Good luck to everyone out there. That's it for us today, at least for our first show. Remember, Beach Steppin'. 
Our mailbag only episode is going to drop later today. So make your make sure you're subscribed to the show, guys. And, uh, well, you'll hear from us soon again. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, Trey Kirby is looking for some bold pants. Some bold pucker pants. <laughs> Send them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Email them. Embrace the day, people. <laughs>